0: Oh, it's good to see you all this morning, good to be here, and uh, I've had a, I've had a good week. Um, who knows, when you have kids, your life changes, because all of a sudden, none of your clothes are clean anymore. So, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll wear this today, and then I get here, and I'm like, oh, there's all marks, draw marks there, and all, anyway. So Hazel's had her way with this top, but... But that's all right, thank you Lord. It's a good excuse to buy new clothes. hey um, who's got their Bible? If you've got your Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter four we're going to read some scripture we're going we're going to go for it today uh, i don't I won't need to teach for too long i I want got some words at the end, and I uh, just want to pray for people as well. Um, but the message I'll share today it's probably. Uh, It's probably been one of the most helpful messages in my life and in my relationship with God. So I believe that this message will really help you. Um, It's really powerful. And so Hebrews 4 verse 1 says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest, so who's the his? The the his here is Jesus. Jesus, the man of grace, right? Right. Since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Uh, Paul, or the the writer of Hebrews here, is talking about the Israelites' um, they're coming into the promised land and they go to spy out the land God says this is yours who knows that when God spoke to the Israelites about taking the land the question wasn't whether they could take it or not the question was how and so when the spies went and came back to give a report they weren't to say yes we could do it or, or no we couldn't do it they were just meant to say this is what the land looks like this is how we should do it right and, and what happened is, uh, is the faith of the people were affected. And so the issue was not the message. The issue was not God. The issue was not the word that God had gave them or the provision of the Lord in their lives. The issue was their faith. They didn't mix faith with what God with what God had provided, I was um. I was talking to a young guy, uh, uh, we we're chatting, um, and we we're talking. I was just I was just sharing, and he, and he asked me a great question. I always love it when people ask me this question because it is the perfect opportunity to share the gospel. He said, "Oh, what's the difference between a Catholic and a Christian?" And um. And so, bang, just opened up a door to really share the the, the the full gospel with him. And it's interesting because as you're sharing the, as uh, I'm sharing about God and the goodness of God and the grace of Jesus and and how Jesus came and, and the finished work of the cross, uh, you get to the point where someone's where he's like, oh, like that's amazing, but there is a point of decision. And many people don't want to take someone to a point of decision. But who knows that you can't get saved in life unless you have faith. <laughs> Hello. Like, like, who knows that, that faith is required. And so as I'm talking to him, and so, and so I say, so have you ever made the decision to, to believe in Jesus, to invite Jesus into your life? And he's like, oh, well, no, but like, uh, you know, I believe in God. Uh, yeah, I, be- I believe what you said. I believe, uh, but I'm like, but you know, God requires faith, right? And there's, there's these two, there are these two forces that are working in your life. The two greatest forces that are working in your life are God's grace, is God's grace, and your faith, They are the two greatest forces that are at work in your life at the moment. The grace of God, the provision of God, the goodness of God, who God is, and then your faith. Amen. In the context of Hebrews, uh, Paul is talking to people who, they've started out really well. They've started out believing in Jesus. They've got faith in Jesus, and yet... I believe in the grace of Jesus and he's done it all for me, the finished work of the cross. But they begin going back to an old covenant mindset of sacrifice and having to do works, but they're literally going back to temple sacrifice. And so that's what Paul is addressing in Hebrews here. He's addressing people who you started out well, but all of a sudden you're going back to this, right? In Hebrews chapter eight, verse six, Paul says, you know, Paul says Jesus he's received a greater ministry, with a greater covenant, but established on better promises." Come on, he's received a better ministry, a greater ministry, uh, with a, a better covenant established on better promises. Who knows that God, through Jesus, was reconciling the world to himself and at the cross he cut a new covenant of grace with humanity. In other words, God blesses you and favours you and loves you despite of you. It's got nothing to do with you. It's all about the goodness of God. Who knows that the covenant you have with God is not about you? The covenant that God cut was with Jesus Christ, the man. And so Jesus came and represented humanity. That's why he came fully as a man. So he cut a covenant with the Father, with God. Amen. He came as a man. And that's why when you have faith, you enter in to what Jesus has done, to who Jesus is. In other words, it's not about you. It's not about your performance. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how big your faith is. I'll get into that. So <laughs> like He's contradicting himself here. You enter in. That's why we are in Christ. Amen? And some people, you're trying to do it all by yourself, not realising that you are blessed and favoured and loved. God's unconditional promises are upon your life. And it's time to realise the reality of the goodness and the grace of God in your life. Come on. Come on. Because you're in Christ. God's covenant is with His Son. And you've entered into that. Come on. That's good news. It's good news. And so Ephesians 2.8 says that we have been saved by grace... Through faith, not of ourselves, it is a gift from God unless any man should boast. So what saves you? I want you to think about this, salvation. What saves you spiritually? Well, we would say grace, right? It's the grace of God, but then it's through faith. So my faith doesn't fully save me. But I need faith to get saved, right? But God's grace doesn't fully save me. Because if I don't have faith, then you don't get saved, right? And so there's these two forces at work in your life. God's grace, the provision of his grace is always there. But faith enters you in to what grace has already provided. Faith enters you in to what grace has already provided. Amen. So uh, 1 John 2 verse 1 says that Jesus is the propitiation for our sins, but not only our sins, but the sins of the whole world. Right? So who knows that grace has been provided for the whole world to be saved? The grace is already there. It's already there. God's already provided that. This this might come up against some people's theology right now. But do you know that the sins of a non believer are already forgiven? They are. The sins of the world have already been forgiven. That's the power of the cross, the finished work of the cross. Jesus doesn't have to die again for someone to get saved. (laughs) He already died once, right? It's already all been provided for. God's grace has already provided for forgiveness, right? And so the issue isn't, is someone forgiven? The issue is, will they receive what they've been forgiven from? Will they receive that? Will they have faith that through the finished work of the cross, I am forgiven for every sin? Will they have faith in that? Because if there's no faith, then forgiveness won't flow in your life. Forgiveness is already there. But if there's no faith, forgiveness won't flow. So there is a flow of grace and there is a flow of faith in our lives. Amen. If you think of a river... What does a river need to flow? Banks. How many banks? Two, right? And so we have a bank of grace and we have a bank of faith, right? And if you don't have one, what's going to happen? All the water goes. There is no flow, right? And many people are stuck in life. There is no flow of God in your life because either either we're struggling with the grace of God or it's a faith issue. Is this helping? Is this, is this making sense? You're, you're with me? Good, come on. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says, My God shall supply all of your needs according to the riches of His glory, In Christ Jesus. So, through Jesus, who knows that we are completed in Christ? You are made complete in Christ. I thank God that I'm made complete. There is no more work for me to do to get to God or to be better or to be more holy or to be more righteous. I'm made complete in Christ. Amen. God has supplied all of my needs. He's already supplied it. God's grace has already supplied all my needs. Now, I know we pray things like Holy Spirit, you know, pour out upon us, God, give me more grace and all, and, and, and that's great. I love praying those things, but that it needs to come out of the reality and the truth that God has already provided everything that I will need in life. I already have all of God's grace God is not holding anything back from me today. He's not. God's not holding anything back from you. And that's why Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 16, he says, Let us live up to what we have already attained. Right? Let us live up to what we've had already attained. So faith is the living up part. Right? grace is that I've already attained it. And so I need to live out of that reality that I have the Word of God, I have the grace of God, I have the finished work of the cross. It's all been given to me. I have it all. But now I need to learn to walk out of that and to live out of that. I remember this changed my whole life. my whole prayer life. Who's ever who's ever prayed to the point where you're like, man, this is this is getting exhausting. <laughs> it's like I need a breakthrough, God. And this is, I've been praying for months and shaka baramba, just you know hitting it all and nothing's working, Lord. And and I remember this changed my whole prayer life because who knows you can have great faith, but your faith can be based in your faith rather than the faithfulness of God. Your faith becomes dependent on your performance and faith and on how good your faith is rather than on God's faithfulness and on His grace. And so many people can live out of this reality of I have great faith, right? But there's no dependency on God's grace. And at the end of the day, we become self-dependent on our own ability rather than His ability. And then there's other people where it's like, ah, oh, it's all God's grace. It's all God's grace, which is, which is awesome, right? It's the will of God. You know, well, this just must be the will of God. You know, if, if I go here, do that, do this, do this, well... You know, it's the will of God. If this happens in my life, it's the, it's the will of God. Um, you know, the, the sovereignty of God. And, and what ends up happening is we, we, uh, we look at God's grace, but there's no faith that we add to it. And then what happens is everything becomes all about God and nothing about us, Right? And so you have those two opposing things. I probably didn't explain that super well, but anyway, I'm going to move on from that. <laughs> we have those two opposing things where it's, like, where it's like it's all about God and nothing about us, which actually isn't true. I know that that can get taught sometimes. But it is about you because you need faith. You need to mix faith with God's grace, right? If there's no faith, look. There's people who have laid hands on and they've been healed. And I can guarantee you, if I didn't lay hands on them and pray for them, they wouldn't have been healed that day. Who healed them? God. Jesus healed them, right? It was God's grace. But they wouldn't have been healed if my faith wasn't added to it, right? And so we need to get a super healthy balance here, a super healthy understanding. And so this will really help you in life. So I'm praying and I'm contending and I'm realising that, ah, oh, I'm, I'm actually not entering into God's grace here. My faith is coming from a place of it's all about me and what I can do and what my faith can get rather than God's goodness and God's grace. And there are people in the room where you need to sit back and you need to say, maybe I'm too reliant on me and not reliant on receiving from the grace of God, Amen. And a lot of uh, a lot of people pray out of this old covenant mindset, right, where it's all about you trying to twist God's arm, trying to get God to do something for you. That is very old covenant, right? We are in a new covenant where we live from the finished work of the cross and it's all done, done, done. And now I stand upon the finished work of the cross on the grace of God and I act upon what God has already done for me. Come on. It made my life way easier because all of a sudden I'm like, well, Lord, maybe I'll just sit and receive from you for a bit. <laughs> Rather than trying to push down walls and break through barriers. And I'm very if you know me, I'm more wide that way. I'm the type of person who if I if I'm if I want to see a breakthrough, I'm going for it, baby. And I need to learn to sit back and to say, Lord, I'm gonna receive from your grace today. You've provided for all of my needs. Amen? All of them. And I'm gonna receive your your grace, your love. The, in Matthew chapter eight, there's um, Jesus is is teaching up on the mountain, the Sermon of the Mount, and oh, there we go. That sounds a bit better, doesn't it? And uh, he's he's teaching on up on the mountain, and there's this leper down the bottom. Now, who knows that culturally? lepers couldn't be around anyone in society you were an outcast There was a lot of sin most people believe that it was sin generational sin that caused you to be a leper um you know you, you couldn't be involved in any in anything in the community you know, there's a lot of shame and condemnation attached to it and so this lepers down the bottom can't come up the mountain Jesus is teaching all the people and Jesus comes down the mountain, and now who knows that this is a huge shift in in the theology for the people of that day, because the leper comes to Jesus and he hears Jesus teaching, so imagine him, he's heard about this man who's healing people, he's heard about this man who's touching people's lives, who's casting out demons, who's loving people into wholeness who who's breaking every religious rule of the day <laughs> and he, um, he, 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 he thinks to himself, well you know what, I'm going to break every rule, I'm going <laughs> to risk my life and I'm going to come to Jesus. Who knows that, that faith will often break religious barriers, faith will often break the cultural expectations of the day, faith will go against what everyone else is telling you sometimes and faith will look to grab a hold of the grace of God. And so the leper comes up. Jesus is coming down and he says, Lord, if you are willing, heal me, make me clean. And he says, I am willing, be cleansed. Radical shift for people's view of God who thought God gave leprosy. God put that person into what they were. And, and they, all these, we've set up all these rules to protect us, where God comes into humanity, reaches in, touches the sinner and, and the leper, and the leper is completely transformed. Come on, there's no area of your life that God can't transform. There's no shame or condemnation that He can't reach in to your life, completely touch you, radically transform you, heal you, and make you whole. It's time for people's faith to rise up in the room and rely on the grace of God. Amen. So faith is our response to God's grace. Faith is our response to God's grace. It's not, I have to have faith and then God's grace will flow in my life. Some people, you're believing for a breakthrough in healing. You're believing for a a miracle in finances, you're believing for your kids in school, relationships, you know, whatever it is, faith does not attract God's grace, right? Right? God's grace has already been provided, amen? It's already been provided, and faith enters you in to what God's grace is already doing. The Holy Spirit's already working in your life. You're not trying to convince Him to move. <laughs> There's some people, maybe attract was the wrong word before, but whatever. <laughs> There's some people, and you're trying to get God to do all this stuff for you, not really thinking that, that you, you, you're thinking, God, I love my city more than you do. I love my family more than you do. I love this, and I'm trying to get you to do it. You don't realize God loves you more than you do. He loves this city more than you do. He loves his church more than you do. He loves your kids more than you do. And his grace is there. You're not trying to get God to do something for you, you're acting upon what God has said he already wants to do. Come on. I mean, this will set some people free today because you've been, oh, you've been frustrated. See, Faith without grace will always turn into works. You'll get frustrated. You will. Faith without grace will always turn into works and performance Christianity. We need both. We need grace, the flow of grace in our lives. So I need a a revelation and understanding of the finished work of the cross, of what God has already done. That most of the things, everything I need in life, I've already got. God's already provided for it. And so faith enters me in. Faith is my positive response to what God has done. In Second Kings chapter 13, there's, uh, there's uh, King Joash and he comes to Elisha and Elisha is um, in his last days and, and he's having issues with the uh, army of Aram. And, he come, and, and so Elisha gives him a word, which thankfully prophets bring a word, that you know you're a good prophet when you bring a word from God, right? <laughs> and Elisha gives him a word, and, he, and then he says, shoot this arrow out the window, and it will bring victory. And then, and then he says, strike the arrow on the ground. And so who knows that there's some prophetic acts that he's saying, you know, do these faith acts. This is the word from God. So God has provided for victory. God has provided for Israel to have victory over Aram. But Joash is, I don't know, maybe he's a little bit tired or maybe, maybe, he, maybe he's thinking, ah, oh, really? He strikes the arrow three times. And the prophet Elisha is angry and upset with him and says, you should have struck the arrow six or seven times and then you would have defeated them and totally destroyed them. But now you will, have only, de- now you will only defeat them three times. In other words, Joash had a negative response to the grace of God. Joash, the grace of God has come into his life. There's provision there, but his response is, "Ah." Uh, cool. Thank God. Thank you, God. there'll be a victory. Amen. And the prophet's not happy with him, and probably for good reason. So faith is really important. Because the grace of God, just like with Joash, there's grace, there's provision there for our lives to see breakthrough in our life. Amen? But how is my heart responding to what God has already provided for me? How is my heart responding to the word of the Lord? Am I, ah yeah, cool, whatever. Is my heart trusting is my heart tender to what God is saying. You know, I, meet, I meet plenty of people and it's like, oh, yeah, I've got this issue or this sickness. I'm like, hey, God can bring a breakthrough there. He, you know, God can bring a miracle there. God can heal that. And they're like, oh, cool, yeah. And they miss it because they're not responding in faith. And then we put it down to the sovereign, it was the sovereign will of God that this happened in my life. <laughs> oh, that'll hit, hit some people in the room, hey? And we attribute things to God that happen in our lives when the reality is, is we haven't had a flow of faith in our life. We're called to co-labor with the King, Amen. He's designed us to do the impossible with Him. He's designed us to live by faith, reliant, dependent upon His grace. Amen. In Mark four, I'll 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 kind of finish on this. In Mark chapter four, uh, verse thirty-five, Jesus takes His disciples out on the boat. They they go out onto the Sea of Galilee and. And Jesus says to them, let us cross over to the other side. Who knows when, if, if God says that to you, you're going to make it. Come on. If God says, let's cross over to the other side, you're going to make it. Don't worry. Don't be fearful. If a storm comes up, it's going to be okay. Because God has said, you're going over to the other side, baby. Hey? <laughs> And the disciples, so they're out in the lake and Jesus is sleeping in the boat. And there's two, I just want to show you two really things that have helped me in life in faith that are really valuable and important. Jesus is sleeping in the boat and a storm comes up and he's still sleeping. So who knows that Jesus is responding to the grace of God with quiet trust. There is a quiet trust. He's not fearful. He's not like, oh, I didn't know that this was going to happen. Now, now we're not getting to the other side. Now it's not happening for me in life. I had a word from God and now all this is happening. And Lord, what are you doing? And you said my kid would grow up to be you know, a mighty warrior and, and in love with Jesus. And they're 18 years old and they're out and doing all this stuff they want to. They don't know God. You know, you said, you said that I'd, I'd have influence in here, that, that, um, that, I'd, that I'd have this ministry, and now I'm off over doing this, God, and what's going on, Lord? If you've had a word from the Lord, it'll happen. And so, Jesus, there is quiet trust, right? And the disciples are freaking out, waves crashing into the boat, and they wake him up and they say, Lord, don't you care? It's often a question we have when life gets tough. God, don't you care about me, God? Don't you care about me? You're blessing these people and blessing that. What about me, Lord? Of course he cares. Of course he does. And Jesus rises up. And so no longer is he functioning in a quiet trust, is he? He rises up and he speaks to the storm and he says, peace, be still. Storm, stop it. He rises up in a bold faith, right? So there are two, I call them the two ends of the spectrum with our faith. There is a quiet trust in the Lord. God, I know you've said it. I know your grace has provided for me. And so I'm going to rest in who you are, in your goodness, in the reality of your presence in my life, in the indwelling of your spirit, that Christ in me is the hope of glory. I'm going to rest in that. And there's some people who are really good at that. But maybe you're not as good at the bold faith kind of stuff, right? And there's times in life where you need to have bold faith. There's times in life where you need to be aggressive, where you need to rise up and speak to the storm, where you need to say, this isn't moving, and I'm going to rise up in faith and declare the word of the Lord in my circumstance. Right? I'm going to release breakthrough through my faith because it's God's grace flowing in my life and now I have faith flowing in my life. And then the river of God's life is going to pour through me and touch the problem or the circumstance that I'm facing. Come on. And so the disciples learnt a great lesson. They learnt that there are these aspects of faith, of a quiet, trust in God and then a bold and aggressive faith that they need to have, right? And it's really important to discern the season you are in to know which one to function in. Did you get that? It's important to know what season you are in to know which one to function in. Because there's some people and you're not seeing anything of God in your life and maybe you need to shift gears in your faith a bit, right? There's some people and maybe you're like me and it's like aggressive faith and you're like, this mountain move and this, you know. Come on, God. Do it, Lord. Touch this city. And it's not working right because maybe god maybe you're in a season with god where you need to have a quiet trust and i, I remember being in a season for about 6 months it would have been not too long ago well i was going after that and it's like no 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 i just need to have a quiet trust here there's things god's there, there are things god is doing in my life and i just need to trust I just need to trust Him. I just need to anchor myself in His goodness and in His love. But then there's a shift in season and all of a sudden, God's established this revelation in me of His grace and His goodness and who He is. And now, all of a sudden, if I stay just in that place of quiet trust and don't shift gears a little bit, I'm not going to see any breakthrough anymore. Right? Because now I actually need to rise up in a bold faith. Now I actually need to start acting upon what grace has already provided for me. So Todd White prays for like a hundred people. Was it a hundred? It was more, wasn't it? A thousand before he saw one person healed. Right? Most, most people would stop after three or four. Right? But we don't hear that. We just see all the glory stories now. But the reality is, is that he contended, right? There was a bold faith that rose up in him. And I'm sure when he got to that thousand and that person was healed, he was like, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Because I wasn't going for a thousand and one. God, I was stopping at a thousand. That's it. I'll go to, I'll go to 1500, God, no more. Don't do it to me. Oh gosh! And so, Mark four, just before that, um, you got the parable of the sower and the seeds, and it's really interesting that that's right before when Jesus takes his disciples out on the lake, and um, and you got the 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 farmer who is obviously we see as God in the parable, and he drops the seeds, which is the word of God. So God's provision in our lives, right? He drops those seeds, and there's four different are hearts uh, that the seeds are dropped upon. And some of the hearts, like one is, is hard. So it's a picture, it's a pathway and it's a picture of a hard heart. One is, um, one is a picture of thorns. So there's a thorny one and it, and it chokes the seed and there's worry and stress. And so there's, there's this whole picture. And, and the last one that the seed is planted in is the soft and tender heart. I call it the trusting and tender heart, right? And so this is how God's grace works in our life, is that he's provided, but his job is to provide. You notice when you're growing up and you're a kid, it's not right for a child to provide for their family. That can happen, but that's not the way... God's created the family unit. The father provides. A kid's not sitting there thinking, where's my meal coming from? They shouldn't be, right? They they have no worry of that, okay? Because the father has the responsibility to provide for their child and he takes that responsibility and says, that's what I'm doing. And if you're a father and 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 you look at your kid and they're saying, am I going to get some dinner tonight? Am I going to get dinner this week? You'd be thinking, flip, what is going on with you? Right? That's not right. Yeah? And God is a good father. He's already provided all that you need. Amen? You don't have to worry about God's provision in your life. All you have to focus on is your heart. How am I responding to God's provision? My role is not to heal someone. My role is not to bring... a a revival right my role is not to do all this my role is to respond to who God is and when I do that it will bring those things amen and so the heart that is trusting and tender is the one that receives the seed and it produces 30 60 and a hundred fold right Thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. Fruit comes as I look after my heart. And there are some people... there There are some people, you can't change a situation in life, right? And if you can't change a situation, there's one thing you can do. And that is, you look after your heart, you look after your faith... And if you do that, then you can't change your situation, but God's grace can change your situation. Come on. See, you may not be able to change what you're going through. You may not be able to do this or do that or, God, I want to see this happen. You, you may not be able to do it, right? But if you look after your heart, if you stay in a place of faith of quiet trust and a bold faith. If you do that, then the grace of God is going to flow in your life and is going to touch that area. And what you thought was impossible, God will bring forth in your life because He is good and He is faithful. Come on. Amen. So why don't we stand, hey? Why don't we? I think, I think that's enough. I want I want to uh I just want to pray for people. If we can have maybe someone jump on the keys that would be awesome just to just to help me out. Um I had, I had a few words too. So I just I want uh I want to pray for you, but I just want to I just want to share these words first and then if this is you just uh come up at the end and i I just want to pray for you personally. But um just a word, some words I got in worship. So there's some uh, parent or parents in the room and, uh, and your kid has a learning disability and uh, the Lord wants to bring breakthrough in that. Um, he, wants to, he wants kids to learn well, amen. Um, there's, this could be for one or two people, this next one. Um, you're in a place of transition and it's like you feel stuck it's like, Lord, uh, I have a sense of your call and I kind of know what I'm doing, but I just, I don't know what to do next. Um, I want to pray with you, because I'm, I'm believing God's going to release some dreams and visions and, and help you out there. Amen. And then there was someone, uh, with a chronic wrist pain. So you've had, uh, you've had chronic, whether, uh, I don't want to say, it could be tennis elbow, but, uh, there's just been some chronic wrist pain issues in your, in your arm there. And, um, I believe God wants to bring breakthrough in that. So if any of those words were for you, come up at the end and I'd love to pray with you. Um, we thank you, God. I thank you, Father, for your goodness. I thank you that you are, you are so much better than we could ever imagine. <laughs> and you want to do it, Lord, more than, more than we want it. You want to heal people more than we want to heal people, God. I mean, there's some people in the room right now and you don't believe that. And God just wants to come in right now and smash that lie. God wants to do it more than you want to do it. God, I thank you that your grace has provided for all of our needs. I thank you, Lord, that you are a good father. Thank you, Jesus, for the finished work of your cross. Thank you for your death, your resurrection, your ascension, that you poured your spirit out, God, that we live in the greatest days. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that we are brand new creations in you, brand new, that we are not victims to our circumstances, but we are victors in God. I declare over people today that your pain isn't determining who you are, The pain you're in at the moment, it's not determining who you are, but the promises of God in your life are determining who you are. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. I pray right now, Father, that there would be a revelation in people's hearts of your goodness, of your grace, of your mercy, of your tender, loving kindness, Lord. In Jesus' name. And I pray, Father, for the revelation of faith to stir up in people's lives that, God, that people would go to greater measures and greater levels of faith in this room right now. In Jesus' name, I pray for an impartation of faith, God, where people have, have, have lacked the ability to believe for things, to dream bigger and think bigger. Holy Spirit, inspire them right now, I ask, in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just let God speak to you now. Really, I, I can feel in my heart, God's speaking to some people right now. And there's things you've, you've, you've given up on. And the Lord wants to restore that flow of faith in your life. Thank you for it, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you for your goodness.